Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Wow. Second Timothy, I'd like you to go. Did I tell you the chapter? I didn't. Let's go to chapter 3. Last week, we spent an abundance of time in the book of Romans, and we were looking with the Apostle Paul as we opened up. The Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit were mentoring us. They were teaching us last week, instructing us. And tonight, I really want to begin the bulk of this message in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 once again. Last week, we were talking about our understanding of being in perilous times and understanding that we are last day's people, that truly we are racing towards the epic crescendo of the return of King Jesus. Can I get a hallelujah? We are living in the last days. So I want us to go back to this same chapter, and I want us to look at a few things tonight. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that your word is electrified in this house. It is anointed. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I thank you that your word cuts, your word divides, your word pierces, and your word heals, and your, your word mends, and your word <clears throat> brings forth power. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, resting on your word even now. Tonight, I thank you for supernatural strength, Father, and I thank you for the ability and the privilege to be your messenger to God's people tonight. In Jesus' name, shout amen. There you are. I hear that. Go ahead. Shout amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but know this, in the last days, perilous times, they will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into the households to make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jamboree's resisted Moses, so do these who resist the truth. I want to read that one more time. You in verse 8 with me? Three of you. Are you in verse 8 with me? Now Janus and Jambres, they resisted Moses, and so do these who resist the truth. Let's just, let's just highlight Janus and Jambres right now so that we all remember actually who Janus and Jambres were. They were actually the sorcerers that came against Moses that threw down their rods and their rods and, or their staffs became serpents. Remember this? And then Moses threw down his rod and it became a serpent. And his serpent ate, ate the other two serpents. And then Moses grabbed it by the tail, which you don't do unless the Lord tells you to do it. Amen. He picked it back up and it became his rod of authority. Are you with me? So what is he talking about? In verse 8, he's talking about those who, they're just like Janus and Jambres who resisted Moses. 
so do these who resist the truth. In other words, there's going to be a strong power of witchcraft and sorcery that is going to be connected or behind or that's going to be empowering. There's a dark anointing. There's a dark anointing. There's a devilish demonic anointing that's going to be behind the powers that they're going to try to resist the truth at all times. Are you with me? Men of corrupt minds disapproving concerning the faith, but they will progress no further and their folly will manifest to all. Remember this. He's not just writing to Timothy. He's writing by the Spirit of God for all generations so that we understand the hour to which we're walking into. God doesn't want you surprised. He wants you forewarned and prepared and ready for the hour and ready to go into battle as the army of God. But you be careful to follow my doctrine. You be careful. Your manner of life, your purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, watch that, afflictions, which happened to me, this is Paul, in Antioch, Iconium, and Lustra, which persecutions I endured. I could talk about these persecutions all through the night. I just want to highlight one. If you want to circle it or put it in your notes tonight, in the city of Lustra. Do you know what happened in the city of Lustra to the Apostle Paul? He was stoned so bad that they... They thought he was dead. They literally left his body on the edge of the city of Lustra thinking that he was dead. Watch these next words. Yes, and all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I want you to go back one verse. I see what I just did. And here's what Paul said. And out of them all... The Lord delivered me. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. You you really have to move into a realm of repentance to change your way of thinking. Because did you hear what Paul said? Timothy, I got to remind you. I have to tell you and stir, stir up these memories. You understand my persecutions and my afflictions. So when he thinks of Lustra, he's saying... I was stoned nearly to the brink of death. Yet Paul's next words was, out of them all, he has the audacity to think that way. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me out of these persecutions and afflictions. Americans think they're being persecuted when they're banned on Facebook and Twitter. Paul had a whole nother realm of thinking. A whole nother realm of understanding. I've got to remind you, Timothy, you remember my afflictions. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who live godly in Christ Jesus, they will suffer persecution. See, guys, he's telling us in advance. In advance, so that we do not get offended with God. You know, the enemy is trying to work very hard in our lives to get us offended with God about the hour in which we see ourselves. Are you hearing me? Come on, are you hearing me tonight? Hear the Lord. I want to highlight verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. That means they're going to increase, right? 
Evil men and imposters, they're going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in all things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from your childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. Guys, you've got to grab hold of that word and decree that over your life. God has given me the word of God. He's given me the holy scriptures that are able to make me wise in these last days. Grab hold of it. Make that your confession. God is making me wise. When I break open the scriptures, he's giving me supernatural wisdom. He's making me wise to navigate through where we're going. Are you hearing me? Wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and read two more verses. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Guys, maybe you need to write it in your notes. God desires to make me thoroughly equipped for this hour. God desires for me to be fully equipped and ready for this hour. Fully dressed in the armor of God. Fully functioning so that my mind has clarity and inspiration from the Holy Spirit. That I'm a discerning, perceiving watchman. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to show you things that are yet to come. I'm speaking to lambs that are becoming lions in this house. That the Lord is going to show you things to come before they happen. How do you think we prayed that over the ports of Florida tonight? Hello, are you breathing? Are you with me? Don't leave me up here all alone. Verse 13, one more time. Let's do it. Come on, let's do it tonight. I want to preach this thing. I want to impart this tonight. Evil men and imposters, they're going to grow worse and worse. They're going to be deceived and they're going to be, de they're going to be de deceiving and deceived. Lord, help me read my Bible right. This is amazing. If you haven't underlined this or underscored this in your Bible, I, I need you to do that tonight. It's going to grow worse and worse. Well, that's not good news, Brian. The Bible is good news. The Word of God is the power of God. You got to eat the whole lamb. I said, You got to eat the whole lamb. You got to eat the whole Word of God. And, guys, if you can help me with the air conditioning, I'm freezing up here. Maybe you can just help me. The fans are about ready to blow me off the stage, so do whatever we need to do and help me with that tonight. It would, it would really help me. Evil men, and let's just say evil imposters and evil women. I am perplexed. I am perplexed, just like you, to turn on the news and to find that a woman in authority in the state of Florida takes our elementary children leaves the school with them, and takes them to be instructed at a gay bar by, by a queer staff of men 
and have them instruct them on LGBTQ History Month. That happened. How many of you knew that happened? Let me see your hand. Well, good. How many of you didn't? Folks, I'm telling you what. We are seeing evil men and evil women rise up. Rise up in this hour. It's growing worse and worse. You better hang on to your seats tonight. I wanted a really good, positive, uplifting message. You better strap in then. You better strap in tonight. We are seeing it get worse and worse. I'm going to get to the really good news about the glory being stronger and more evident on the body and, and the time for the lions to arise and shine. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I am just amazed by it. Evil men, imposters, Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Shift. Up in Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot, Governor Gavin Newsom. I could name a hundred more right now. I'm talking about evil people that have nothing more than the desire to literally sink this nation. I'm going to tell you again. Heaven is calling and counting on the ecclesia to save this nation. We are not the church that just asks the Lord to do everything that He's already commanded us to do. He's saying, men of God, take your authority. Women of God, take your authority. Advance. I've given you my word. Now go and execute my word. Go and break forth the atmosphere and do what I've called you to do. Are you with me tonight? The Bible makes it very clear. Paul's making it very clear. You got to see this. You have to be awakened. You're coming into the last days. You're coming into the last of the last days before the triumphant return of King Jesus. It's going to be very difficult on the people of God. That's what he's saying. It's going to be challenging. Difficult with people. Far more challenging. The challenge is going to be amplified. Stay with me tonight. Profound challenges. Why? Because of deception. Why? Because of deception. Nobody knows how deep the depravity of man can really go. We have hundreds of thousands of people right now as you sit in this room. As you watch us online tonight, we have hundreds of thousands of people all over this country incarcerated by monstrous things that they did. They found themselves slipping into a dimension or a realm of depravity that loosed evil through their lives. Paul is telling us, listen, let your spirit stand at attention. Understand what is happening. Evil men are growing worse and worse. Don't be perplexed, shaking your head and just, I don't get it. I don't understand. No, you've already been warned in advance. You've been forewarned. Be with me tonight. Please be with me. 
When you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, you look at the character types of what people will be like. In fact, when you, when you count it out, Paul gives 19, you can put it in your notes, he gives 19 specific details about character. He depicts actually the nature of godlessness in the last days. This shouldn't surprise us. This shouldn't catch us off guard. We need to understand there will be deceivers, imposters in our midst. These imposters are deceiving nations right now. They're deceiving cities right now. Hello, it's local. Do you know there's imposters in our local county, in our local city right now? There's imposters that are after children. There's imposters moving through and weaving through the economics of the United States of America right now. In this passage, 2 Timothy, this is what I want you to write down tonight. I'm going to give you three categories of people. Instead of going through all 19, I want you to write down three categories. People remember this a lot better when you break it in threes. I want you to write down selfish people. That's number one. That's number one. Write it down. Selfish people. We're living in an epic era. An epic era, guys. So much is being seen. So much is colliding on the earth right now. That's why we have got to have fresh oil in our lamps. It was declared in prayer. It was declared in worship. It was declared on the, on the afterglow of worship. I'm telling you, we have got to have fresh oil, and it's happening right now. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, while I'm, while I'm ministering the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is moving through here and filling up your lampstand with fresh oil. We are being filled for the midnight hour because right now God is raising up the friends of the bridegroom to herald out. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. Selfish people. Write it down. There's 10 things that we're seeing right now that are hitting the world stage. 10 things. Go back and listen to the message. I've got to start cooking with butter and flow now. Apostasy. We're seeing apostasy. We're seeing globalism. We're seeing financial chaos. We're seeing pandemic. We're seeing spiritual famine right now. We're seeing socialism and Marxism and communism in America arise crazy. We're seeing cancel culture, but we're also seeing end time messengers now arising. We're also seeing Israel taking center stage in world prophetic events. Right now, are you with me? We're also seeing the gospel of the kingdom and the real church now arising. How many of you... How many, man, I'm going to come and get you tonight. How many of you understand the line has been drawn long ago? The phony church is being exposed. The phony church has been playing games all along. They are being overturned. God is exposing it for what it is, just lifeless dead no anointing they thought they could do it all without the anointing they thought they could do it all without the holy spirit they were dead wrong 
They were dead wrong, and God is judging it in America right now. But the good news is, is that God is raising up his glorious church, the true church, the true ecclesia of God. It is the church that Jesus is building, and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What are we to be asking in this hour? Man, if I run a lap tonight, put your feet, put your feet in. Don't trip me if I run tonight. What are people asking right now? Number one, they're asking, what do we do with the world around us? What do we do with this world around us right now, Josh? Number two, they're asking, what hope do we have? What hope do we have in times like these? Number three, they're asking the ultimate question, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I want to read to you tonight from a letter of a man. This man was imprisoned. He was in a Roman cell. He was on death row. He was waiting, waiting to be beheaded. Think of this. Waiting to be beheaded. He wasn't in prison for something gruesome. He was in prison for preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to preach the real gospel, you're going to have all of hell coming at you. That's why there's hardly been any resistance against all these peanut and popcorn, cotton candy churches. Because they haven't been preaching anything. Are you with me tonight? Paul is awaiting to be beheaded, ladies and gentlemen. This is intense stuff. Y'all all right? He's in for preaching the gospel. His name is the Apostle Paul. It's his final letter to, to Timothy. His final letter. And this is what he gives. He gives detailed perspective on the end of the age, what's going to happen, what it's going to be like as the people are coming to the end, the tribulation period. Second Timothy 2, I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 3, I want to read these verses one more time. Verse 1, but know this, in perilous times they're going to come. Men's going to be lover of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. They're going to be traitors. They're going to be headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Verse 13, one more time. Evil imposters are going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Selfish people. I want to start right there. Selfish people. What is Paul saying? He's saying that in the last days, people are going to be lovers of themselves. We know that to be a narcissist. They're going to be so, they're going to look in the mirror and they're going to applaud what they see. 
They're, they're going to be so in love with themselves, they're going to be on Facebook all hours of the day with their face, a million pictures of their face, a million videos of their face, so obsessed with themselves, applauding themselves. Are you with me tonight? You know, social media has, like, it has really uh, given a narcissist a major platform in 2021. Are you with me? They're in love with themselves. They're in love with their own voice. They're in love with their own opinions. They see things only their own way. They're in love with themselves. He said they're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be blasphemers. They get drunk and high about talking about themselves. They get emotionally stimulated about talking about themselves. And they're so obsessed with themselves because Paul says they're going to be lovers of themselves. They will be so obsessed with steamrolling anybody that gets in their way with making sure they can elevate themselves. They want everybody to sing their praise. They want to boast in their resume, their portfolio. They're going to be haughty people. That's one of the words that Paul used, haughty people. What does that mean? That means a haughty person is this. They disdain other people. They dishonor other people. Are you with me? They deconstruct others to make themselves look grandiose. They deconstruct others to make themselves look great. Can I tell you what that is? That's Isaiah chapter 14. It's the very nature of Lucifer who became Satan. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will exalt myself like the Most High. I shall be worshipped like the Most High. Isaiah 14, go there with me. I'm in verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you were cut down to the ground, you were weakened, and you weakened the nations. For you said in your heart, watch this, I will ascend. Notice the I wills tonight. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my own throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend Above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, or you'll be brought down to hell. To the lowest depths of the pit, verse 16. Those who see you will gaze at you, and they'll consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? How did it happen? Deception. There's coming a day, there's coming a time where we will literally look upon him in the pit and we will totally be perplexed and we will go, you've got to be kidding. That's who did this? That's strong, isn't it? Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities who did not open the house of his prisoners. My God, my God, selfish people. It's the nature of Satan to exalt yourself, to boast in yourself, your opinion of yourself. This is, this is the generation that we're in. They're in love with their self. They're selfish. 
They'll do anything that they can for their rights and for their self-indulgences. Are you here? Now, if you get on social media and you begin to say anything of righteousness, if you begin to speak out the word of the Lord concerning righteousness for this hour, I'll say the nice words to you. They'll call you a fool. They'll call you a bigot. They'll call you a homophobe. Those are just the nice words, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, selfish people don't keep their selfishness to themselves. Go with me. Number two, selfish people lead to splintering families. Write it down, splintering families. Splintering families. What am I talking about tonight? I'm talking about this. People are going to be less and less thinking about their loved ones. They're not going to focus on their loved ones because they're self-absorbed. They're going to spend their time and their energy on themselves in the last days. There's going to be an epidemic of broken homes, separated families, splintered families, divisions. These divisions are happening all over. I said to you a couple weeks ago, even one of the dear men in our church was told by his own daughter, you're not allowed to come and see and be with your grandchildren unless you get vaccinated and unless you wear a mask in his house at all times. I'm talking about divisions. I'm talking about schisms, divisions, schisms in family. Selfish people move into splintering families. Are you with me? Are you getting this? Paul uses five descriptions in Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. These broken people are actually going to begin to afflict their families in the last days. Watch what he says in verse 2 and 3. They'll be disobedient to parents. They'll be unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Look at those five words. Take out the un and the dis off of it, and you'll see the positive elements of exactly what's supposed to be happening in family. Obedience. You see it? There's supposed to be obedience in the house of the children of God. There's supposed to be thanksgiving, celebration, thanksgiving in the house of God. There's supposed to be holiness. There's supposed to be a sacred space in our homes where the holiness of the Lord is. Then it's supposed to be loving. Then it's to be a house of forgiveness. Can you say amen tonight? Paul says in the last days there's going to be perilous times. But all of these things, thankfulness, holiness, it's going to be dried up and gone in this culture. One of the words he uses is disobedience. What does that mean? I want to give you a definition tonight. It means if, if a generation is going to be disobedient... It means they're going to be casting off all respect and restraint for proper authority and oversight. Can I read that to you again? It means they're going to cast off all respect and all restraint for proper authority and oversight. You think about 2020 when our cities were burning down. What was that? It was a manifestation of the sun's of disobedience. What was it? It was a generation rising up saying, you're not going to tell us what to do. And if you try to, we're going to burn it to the ground. Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 6. I'm in verse 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. 
Hallelujah. For this is right. Honor your father. Honor your mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. And we're still talking about splintered families tonight. Paul uses a word. It's called unholy. Look at that. Unholy. It means to have a lack of regard or a lack of respect for anything that is sacred and holy unto the Lord. It's like having a rebellious spirit or an independent spirit against anything in the family. I have seen this for many years in the church where people have had a horrific experience in the church world. A mom and dad have a horrific experience in the church world. Offense happens. They're blown out of the church. They, or let's just, they're not even blown out. They just get up and walk out. They're offended. They're hurt. So they leave the church. But what happens is, is they foster something inside of their own family because they never got inner healing in the depths of their own spirit and the depths of their own soul. And what happens is a root of bitterness takes hold. And a root of bitterness will always produce fruit. I'll tell you the kind of fruit it will produce. It will produce poisonous fruit and toxic fruit. That's been happening all over America, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we desperately need an awakening and revival. You still with me tonight? Unloving. Paul says they're going to be unloving. In the New Testament, it's also translated as being heartless. Heartless. So Paul's saying that... Normal relationships, think about this, normal relationships, human relationships, compassionate relationships, life-giving relationships, they're going to be broken and destroyed. They're going to wither away up in the last days. There's going to be a lot of hard hearts within families. What happens is those hard hearts are going to begin to pour over a vomit into society. They'll be unforgiving. What does it mean? It means that they will be truth breakers. Truth breakers. When a rebellious person becomes so stubborn, so stubborn, they become haughty. Haughtiness increases. Hard-heartedness overtakes them. That root of bitterness begins to take place. This is what we're seeing now living in the last days, folks. We're seeing this everywhere. Are we not? You still breathing? You getting hot? Yeah, me too. I'm hot up here. I'm so glad we turned off the air, though. They were about to blow me off this stage. It was unbelievable. How is God's people supposed to live in this hour? I'm glad you've asked. Our home should be a place that's filled with a sacred space of worship unto the Lord. You need a burning altar in your house. You need a burning altar of prayer and worship. A sacred space of good communication with your family. A place where they're encouraged. A place where they're built up. A place where they're nourished. A place where they're protected. They're well taken care of. They're protected. Are you hearing me? 
This is what we have to cultivate in this hour. It is getting more messy. It is getting more insane. That is why right now we've got to work diligently on the inner spaces of our house. Men of God, this is what we've got to be diligent at. We have got to prepare our homes for this hour. Why? Because the rain is going to pour down on the just house and the unjust house. And the unjust house is actually going to begin to quake because it was built on sand and it's going to utterly collapse from underneath them. We're about to see epic collapse in the, the, the United States of America. But the houses that were built upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to stand. They're going to stand. How? They're going to stand in the presence of the Lord. They're going to stand girded up, anchored in the anointing of the Spirit. They're going to be, be the people of worship that were ready, ready for this hour. Whew. Hallelujah. God, help us to create a house, a house of virtue, a house of your presence, Father. Selfish people will actually create splintered families. He's got the right flag tonight. There's a little buddy running, running around with the American flag, and it's given me the, the giggles, and, and it's given me the amens too. But you write it down, shattered society. I want you to write that word down, shattered society. There's a spilling over right now. I want to quote somebody tonight, quote somebody that I, I've loved his ministry. How many of you know who Dr. Tony Evans is? When Brent and I were pastoring many, many years ago in Columbus, Ohio, I used to listen to Dr. Tony Evans on the radio all the time, all the time. And I remembered him saying this. In fact, just after hearing him release this, this is like 25 years ago. And I remember then not, not too long after going to Indianapolis and being with 85,000 men in the dome with promise keepers. And hearing Tony Evans preaches. And I want to quote him tonight. This is so powerful. Don't miss the point tonight. Listen to this. He says, if you're a messed up man and you have a family, you're going to help to make a messed up family. And if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family and your messed up family goes to church, then your messed up family is going to make a contribution to a messed up church. And if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family, which contributes to a messed up church, which causes a messed up neighborhood, that neighborhood in part of that city is actually going to mess up that city. Are you hearing me? And that messed up city is going to contribute to a messed up country. Hello? which contributes to a messed up world. It's so simple, don't miss the point. Here's the point, it starts with personal responsibility. You need to write it down tonight. This is where we're going. It starts with personal responsibility. Men of God, take your duty. Women of God, take your duty. Take your responsibility. I remember when the Lord called me to this city, one of the things he told me, he said, I am not sending you there to be respectable. I am sending you there to be responsible for the spiritual destiny of that region. I could, 
That's not being haughty. I'm literally walking in humility declaring that. That's a hard thing to say. He said, I'm not sending you to be, I'm not sending you to Sarasota to be respectable. And boy, ain't that the truth. I'm sending you there to be responsible. Tony Evans was making the clear point that it starts with one man. It starts with us. It starts with one woman, one man of God, one woman of God taking and owning, owning their responsibility, owning the severity of what happens in our city. I want to say it to you like this. I believe it's going to take one church to take responsibility for this region. And I believe it's going to take one church that's going to host the glory of God where there can be fire on the altar. And we'll say, God, we'll take our responsibility. We'll own this. We'll own awakening. We'll shoulder and a, a revival. It's what we're after, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we're after. Take your duty. Take your responsibility for your family, ladies and gentlemen. Don't blame somebody else. Take responsibility for your family. Take responsibility for this church. Take responsibility for your neighborhoods. Take responsibility for the county of Sarasota, for the county of Manatee, for the, for the county of Charlotte, for the county of Hillsborough. Are you with me tonight? Take responsibility for it, guys. We're going to have to be bold as lions in this hour. So remember tonight, selfish people, what do they do? They create broken and splintered families. And then they create a, sh a shattered society. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Now, I want to quote somebody else tonight. I want to quote a founding father. His name is Benjamin Franklin. And I believe that this is going to inspire some men and women of God in this room. What I'm about to read to you is right out of his autobiography. Benjamin Franklin wrote this himself in the 1700s. He is describing, this is what he's saying, he's describing a darkness that he is seen in the streets of Philadelphia in that time. And I'm quoting, this is Benjamin Franklin, 1700s, founding father. Listen to this. Here's the quote. It was pitch black at night and the people were sleeping in the streets. People were stepping into mud puddles and tripping over rough, rough stones and even worse, Crime was now growing in Philadelphia. He writes that in Philadelphia, it's not safe to be out after sunset. Wow. So Benjamin Franklin, he started a campaign. And the campaign was he asked everyone in his own neighborhood to actually put a light out in front of their house. But no one listened to him. No one. Everybody he talked to, nobody would do it. So he planted a pole. This is so good. He planted a pole in his yard in the front of his house, and he put a kerosene lamp on top of that pole. 
And this is what he writes. He says, that night in Philadelphia, there was one house. These are powerful words. That night in Philadelphia, there was one house bathed in light with a warm glow. The lamp cast light on the streets for the passerbys, which gave them and me a feeling of well-being and safety. But the next night, to my surprise, there was another house with a lamp on it too. And then another, and then another lamp, and then another lamp, and then another lamp until Philadelphia was literally lit up all along the walkways every night. And this is what Benjamin Franklin said about this experience. He learned something. This is what he said. This is his writings. I learned that example is far greater than sometimes even our words and our admonitions. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, beloved of God, we've got to hear this tonight. The world is not changed by our opinions. The world is changed by our lifestyle. The world is changed by our example. Come on, church. One man, Benjamin Franklin, one man. He was a forerunner. He was a lamplighter. As I was reading this, I couldn't help but think of Paul Revere once again getting on his horse, lighting his lamp, and riding through that the British Army was coming. Are you with me? I'm talking history. But I'm talking to you in a spiritual realm right now that we are a spiritual tribe of lamp lighters in this hour, lighting our lamps, getting in here, getting in here. And when Cody and this team light it up, And we get before God. You know what's happening in the spirit realm? Every one of you are candlesticks before the throne of God. And the Holy Spirit is pouring, pouring, pouring fresh oil, fresh oil into your lamp. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I want to lift us out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want us to go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 8 tonight. For you were once darkness. (laughs) You were once darkness, but now you are light. You are light in the Lord. Look at somebody and say, you are light. Come on, look at somebody. Tell them you are light. Walk as children of light. Guys, we've got to remember the grace of God that we have received. I think I have to say that again. Guys, we've got to remember the grace of God which we have received. God has made you and I light. What do we do in a world of chaos? We keep burning. What do you do in the midst of a generation that is so corrupt? So immoral, raising the bar on immorality. You keep burning. You be light. I'm trying to bring it to you. I'm trying my best. You got to keep burning. This culture is growing insane, ladies and gentlemen. Insane. If I just started quoting the news things, I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Colossians chapter 1, 
verses 13 and 14. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. I've got to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we do not belong to this world. You have been plucked up out of darkness and you have been conveyed you have been put into light light remember the grace of God that's come upon you ladies and gentlemen rejoice in the grace of God that has come upon you in your household in this hour while you see more and more insanity rejoice in the grace of God that has been poured out upon you and then be light. I got another point for you. Here we go. Expose the works of darkness. Write it down. You need to be light. There can be no mixture, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, you cannot walk in the Spirit of God and the Spirit of this age at the same time. There can be no mixture. Unfortunately, in the United States of America, there are a lot of young preachers that have very easily brought in darkness and light and just made it gray. No longer a sacred space, but a gray area space where you can pretty much do whatever you want in the grace of God. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't work that way. If you abuse the grace of God, you're in danger of hellfire. You're not hearing that preached in 2021. If you abuse the grace of God, you are in serious trouble and danger. I'm trying. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love you, Jeff. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and (laughs) 8. I heard you, Philip. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished upon us. With all wisdom and all understanding. God has lavished. Guys, remember, God has lavished great grace upon us. He has conveyed us out of the kingdom of darkness. You are covered. You are the chosen. You are the beloved of God. I say to you, my friends. I say to you, my brothers and sisters. Keep Burning and be light. And then expose the darkness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Go there. Ephesians 5, verse 11. For you were once darkness. That's right. Isn't that right? We were all once walking in darkness, right? But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11. Look at it with me. And have no fellowship. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather... I want you to say it. (laughs) 
Don't have anything to do with these unfruitful works of darkness. But you need to expose them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I preach the way I preach to you in this church. Do you know that there, there is something so beautiful and holy about truth? But do you know there is something so preposterous and ugly about truth as well? It's a double-sided sword, ladies and gentlemen. We can't just talk the beautiful truth. We have to talk the ugly truth that God is going to bring righteous retribution and judgment upon in this hour. There is a shaking, there is a judgment that's coming to America, ladies and gentlemen. And just like there was light in Goshen and there was darkness everywhere, you're going to be covered, you're going to be protected, you're going to be blessed, you're going to have peace in the midst of this storm. And God's going to be dealing with the wicked. Verse 12, for it's shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. See, is this connecting with you? Is this really connecting? See, it's embarrassing for a minister of God. It's embarrassing to be a messenger and stand up and tell you in the United States of America that we've got women that are taking our kids out of their schools to a gay bar. It's embarrassing. It's like, he, he's, that's what he's saying. Do you get it? Are you connecting the dots? It's shameful just even to talk about this stuff. But you've got to expose it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to root it out. You've got to call it out for what it is. And you've got to speak righteousness in this hour. If you think that we're going to save America by any other way, you're already deceived. We're just going to wait for God to do it. No, 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 no. The heavens belong to the Lord. Even, even all the heavens, yet the earth, He has given over to the sons of men. He's given you authority. He's given you and I authority. We're the ecclesia. This space belongs to us. This city belongs to those who will take responsibility for it. This city belongs to those who will take ownership. This city belongs to the church that will shoulder or build the altar of God so that the fire can rest. But in all things, verse 13, that are exposed, they're made manifest by the light. How's that? Because you're light. You're light. It's going to be manifest because you're going to manifest. You didn't even hear that. It just bounced off your forehead. Paul said that, Paul said in Romans 8, the whole earth is groaning in earnest expectation awaiting for the sons and the daughters of God to manifest so that even creation itself can be delivered from its corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. You're the light. You're the light. You're the one commissioned. You're the one who has authority. The light went into the darkness up and down Main Street and all the tributaries flowing in the Main Street in Sarasota. Last night we had a team of about 25 right here in this church that went forth and they were light and they led souls into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah! People were saved last night. People were saved last night. People rededicated their life to Christ. 
The love of God was poured out. The gospel was preached. The gospel was preached. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hallelujah. Verse 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What's he saying? Walk circumspectively. What does that mean? It means inspect yourself. Write it down. It means inspect yourself inwardly so that there's no phoniness. There can be no phoniness. There can be no hypocrisy. Make sure that on the inside you're genuine through and through. That's what he's saying. Redeeming the time because these days are evil. We are living in the last days, my friend. You're not in a church that's going to be arguing about eschatology. We don't argue around here about the rapture. We don't argue around here about the second coming. We don't argue around here about the tribulation. This is what we're all agreed on. Our king is coming. Our king is coming. And until he returns, you are commissioned to arise and burn and keep on burning. close with this thought. I want to bring some encouragement to you. You're like, oh God, thank you. (laughs) You're not the source of the fire. The Holy Ghost is the source. He's the unlimited, unlimited source of power, wisdom, anointing, knowledge. The Holy Spirit has the ability to direct you He's the, as one of our young men in the church says, he's the secret sauce. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. He's the secret sauce. He's the secret source. So don't be relying on your own strength. Don't rely on your own strength. Just recognize your strength wears out. It does, but the strength of the Lord endures forever. In our, in our weaknesses, he's made even stronger. He's the fire. He's the fire burning within you. And can I tell you something? The world cannot quench or stop that fire that's burning within you. You're the one that can quench it. Don't quench it. And pray. Pray over your life and your family. God, give us a fresh baptism of fire. That when I feel weary, I go back to the altar in my house. The altar that I have built. Anybody get weary besides Brian? Three people. Wow, we've got some honest folks in the church. Four. Thank you, Philip. Four. There's times where I feel so beat up. Can't believe the backlash. Can't believe. Can't believe the stuff. I go back to the altar 
and say, Lord, let your fire come upon me. Let my life be the altar and put your fire on me so that I can keep burning. So that you can be unstoppable, unquenchable. Hallelujah. Incorruptible. Undefeatable. I'm going to find five more words just like why don't you put your Bibles aside? It's been a powerful night. It's been a powerful night. How many of you are following Dutch Sheets, Hank Kuhneman, Mario Murillo, Tim Sheets, other voices, apostles and prophets? I feel like I'm going to land right here tonight. This is very important. This, this past word that Dutch released last week on Flashpoint, I hope you're watching Flashpoint weekly. I mean it. I hope that you're watching. Those of you online, I hope that you're watching Flashpoint weekly, that you're listening to what apostles and prophets are bringing forth. But this last dream concerning lambs literally metamorphosizing, becoming lions, and the Lord releasing his wind so that it revealed and it lifted up the wool of the sheep where, where the ticks or the politics were on the skin, right? And that there had to be, that we're, we're, we're in a time of great acceleration right now. We're in a time of increased acceleration that the sheep have to metamorphosize now, full-blown, into lion's. It is imperative right now that we pray bold prayers, bold prayers. God, do whatever you need to do in me so that I make it through the process. And I become fully a burning lion to decree your word and be the army of God in this hour. This is a big deal, guys. We're all in transition. The world is changing right now. I mean, it is changing. We're all in transition. But God has a master plan. Master plan for the ecclesia. To conquer, to bring the dominion and rule of God, and to loose the authority of the name of Jesus for our city, for our region, for our state, for our beloved America and the nations of the world. Can you shout amen tonight? Let's all stand. Come on. Let's give the Lord praise. Come on. Cody, come. Would you come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was hearing it in the middle of my message, but I was so intense I couldn't go there, and now I'm hearing it again. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, 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 keep me burning till the break. Sing Hosanna. You know it. Come on, Cody, catch up with us. Sing Hosanna to the King. All right, give him a powerful shout tonight. Come on. Give me oil in my lamp. Look at somebody. Tell them. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Burning. You're going to call somebody this week from Victory and say, how you doing? They're going to say, I'm burning. 
Some of you in your past life, that meant something else. But now in this life, we're talking about holy fire. Are you with me? <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Thanks for staying with me tonight. Let's see what time. Oh, it's only quarter to nine. Praise the Lord. We're in a hurry now to get everybody out of here as fast as we can. It's quarter to nine. And I bet the children's workers are like, oh, please release soon. Yeah. We need more of you volunteering to help with the kids. Hallelujah. I want our prayer team to ready themselves. We want to pray for you tonight. Just ready yourself. We want to open the altars. We want to minister to you, not to, to you tonight. <laughs> Help me talk, Lord. We want to minister to you tonight. What I love is that there are moments in, in the altar. I can track back in my history. We sing a song tonight about our history with the Lord, our story with the Lord. I can trace times of coming to the altar where words of life were spoken over me and I received prayer and heaviness was just broken and it just lifted. I, I, I mean, I can track just decades of the Lord in a moment, the ministry of the Holy Spirit where hands were laid upon me, words were spoken and there was breakthrough. Tonight, we want to do that. Our team's coming now. We want to minister to you. I'd like everybody just to close your, he uh, close your heads. <laughs> this is what happens when you preach your heart out. I'm trembling up here. I'd like you to close your eyes and bow your heads. <laughs> Father, I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that even now you're giving out gifts I thank you that even now as they come into the altars you're going to release gifts healing of the mind healing of the heart healing of the body healing of relationships the mending of relationship Lord you're the divine healer release your power God over the church tonight Release your power, Holy Spirit, over the church tonight in Jesus' name. If you're in this room tonight and you're not right with God and you know it, tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus Christ. Tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus Christ. He loves you. Oh, I want to tell you, that's the greatest news ever. Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. He is your king. He is the Lord. He is God. Tonight, if you're in this room and you need to commit your life to the king, you're saying, Brian, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to give my heart and my life and my destiny to the Lord. If that's you, just lift up your hand and wave at me so I can see you, so that I can see you tonight. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you, young lady. Yeah. You can just wave at me right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Okay. 
I want you to pray with me tonight, everybody in here, and I want you to pray with me, young lady. God sees you. God sees you. Jesus sees you right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and I want the church to pray tonight. Father God, I give my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. Jesus, I believe you were crucified for me. I repent of my sin. I renounce the ways of the world. And I make you my Lord and Savior tonight. I believe that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. And I pray now I receive salvation into my heart and the forgiveness of sin this night. In Jesus' name, I am forgiven. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Praise our God. Tonight, if you need prayer for any reason, prayer for any reason, we're ready to pray for you tonight. And if not, we want to dismiss you. We bless you, my wife and I, our team. We love you. We are a blessed people. Look around this room. What a tribe. Look at this tribe. What a tribe. What a people. Goodness of God, ladies and gentlemen. It's the goodness of God. We bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. May you have a miracle week, a breakthrough week. And Father, I pray for your fire on the women's meeting tomorrow at Jeannie's. Fire, fire in the Nicholson's house and fire in the Bruner's house upon Rick and Kelly's home for the men's meeting tomorrow night. And Father, one more thing. We just declare Halloween has no effect on Sarasota, Florida. It is the Lord's day. We don't give up one day to the devil. We don't give him place at all. So we decree tonight, Lord, that the fear of the Lord reigns supreme, God, in Jesus' name, and that you ambush, you just totally ambush everybody that thinks they have power in wicked places and reveal the light. Let there be light. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Let there be light. Let there be light in dark places. Pray it, church. Hallelujah. Sarasota, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody. If you need prayer, we want to invite you to come. We want to linger.